This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band has reached Greybridge. Atticus focused on the task at hand, Eli continued to sober up, Morgan pushed back about becoming an interrogator, and Valentine trapped his new protege in an attempt to convince her to join the Inquisition willingly. Can the team stick together, or will the team fall apart? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From the records of Vaughn Van Houten, the 16th. Now, now we, we may be leaving uh, Greybridge, and, and we, we may never come back. But the, the important thing is that we left with dignity intact. Now, everybody get in the only ship we can afford. Let's go find our fortunes in space. You have arrived uh, at the planet Greybridge, named for the only city on the planet which is Great Bridge. <laughs> it is a, a, a city-wide or a planet-wide city um, with uh, a lot of like, there's still sort of like, when I say um, city is perhaps a strong term for the entire space, there are um, sort of rural mansions and that sort of thing in the very classic like English countryside way. But the important thing to note is that they're, you're either moving between large like estates or you are in the town. There's really nothing mm. else here. It's, not like a Coruscant level of like everything is skyscrapers, but it very much is like there's no undeveloped part of this hmm. this planet. It is all very much Greybridge. It's almost like a city-state sort of situation, um, but planetary. Um, you arrive on a rainy day, which is not uncommon for this planet. Uh, Greybridge is surrounded, uh, as you come through the atmosphere, by um, thick, uh, if, you know, that sort of like, kind of bright gray of a, a cloud that is uh, dense but not heavy. Um, uh, you're sort of pulling through that uh, as uh, the first sort of hailing signal comes in. And uh, Eli, as the, uh, the the 
supposed driver uh, for mm -hmm. this. Uh, you you receive a call. Um, so your comms kind of uh, jump to life. Obviously, your presence was noted, and you've been pinged kind of as, as you come into atmosphere. Um, that said, anyone who makes it past uh, the sort of uh, flotilla of ships, um, uh, security ships surrounding the planet, um, has to, you know, pass muster. Given the fact that you've got the uh, Rogue Trader credentials, um, that uh, communication is, like, the your ship isn't blasted out of the sky before it reaches the planet, basically, yeah. but then you get the, the ping. Eli um, will send back their credentials on the same frequency. Excellent. Um, <laughs> isn't, so, that, isn't that what you do? <laughs> it's what you did. Um, so <laughs> you, um, uh, you receive a, a voice communication um, that kind of crackles to life in that classic uh, janky 40K technology way that just says, uh, uh, hello, unidentified uh, vessel. This is uh, ground control here at Greybridge. Uh, we understand you are coming in with rogue trader uh, credentials for... Uh, and sorry, Del, the name is Rawls... Rawls Varn. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, so you're operating under Captain Rawls Varn, but your ship ID does not seem uh, present here. What is the name of your vessel? Did we... This is a reskin to like a fake ID, so it can be whatever you yeah. want. Eli, we would have probably let Eli name a ship. Eli's got way more experience of pulling over He's random ships man. to check them than anything else. Oh, that's true. Um, it's the roguish tradester. Okay. Um... <laughs> You hear kind because of because Eli because Eli wants it to be like in, he's too clean cut still <laughs> to go like too far away from something like he can't he's just not that original. Well, I like it too because it's like <laughs> I can't fuck this up because it just is what it is. So yeah. you, you hear kind of a hmm. Well, that is uh, very accurate. Uh, so the roguish <laughs> tradester, uh, excellent. And uh, may I presume that you are seeking to land here for uh, the celestial season? That's correct, sir. Uh, may I ask, and please, I, I, I'm, I'm no lord, I'm but a humble servant of the planet. Uh, may I ask, what is uh, your, your cargo? What are you hoping to sell here on our fine planet? We are very well provisioned, is why I ask. Well, <laughs> we have the, a long lost son returning to his family. Oh, Okay, um, we get a lot of those. Uh, can you be more specific about which family? And immediately, like, you can hear pings um, on the Marnie's song, given the amount of technology that Billy Bird put <laughs> in, of, like, weapons being trained on the ship. Yeah. The Van Houtens. Oh, the Van Houtens are back. Oh, that's that's lovely. And, uh, sorry, which which Van Houten? Is is it is Vaughn back? Or do you hear some chuckles? And so, shh, shh, guys, come on, come on, professional. <clears throat> Francois. Oh, the oh, the nephew. Oh, yes, very good. Well, uh, welcome back. Uh, uh, please tell uh, uh, Lord Van Houten he is, of course, welcome, and we are uh, very pleased to <laughs> hear that the Van Houtens are back. You are uh, clear to land. Um, the Van Houten estate. Are you laughing or is he laughing? He is laughing. <laughs> Yes. You're hearing him laughing, and there's like chuckles in the fucking command center behind him. Um, and they're all very hoity. It's a lot of like, oh, um, and uh, you're, <laughs> uh, I imagine that is that is Eli, or is that Eli thinking? This is this is that's Eli's internal thoughts yep. of like, oh, fuck these people. Yep, fair enough. Um, but yeah, he's just silently grinding his teeth, right. mouth closed, grinding so it doesn't go through. Great, it says, um. 
Excellent. So um, you are clear to land. Uh, you may find that the uh, Van Houten uh, family landing pad is, well, it, it, not in tremendously good repair. So I hope the uh, roguish tradester has rather good landing gear. It seems appropriate for where you're going. Um, best of luck and enjoy the season. Ground control out. And you receive like a ping as to where like your mini map suddenly has a clear icon on it. Um as to uh, to where to land. I assume everyone else is in the room when this all happens, so feel free to comment now that the comms oh, are off. I didn't think I was. Okay. I mean, you could be. It's it, like, Eli's flying the ship. Where would you be on on approach? Would you be... Valentine would be on the bridge watching what's going on. But in a supervisory, he doesn't fucking know what would be good on these comms or not necessarily. Like, he's got an idea of how he would fake it, but better to have somebody who's actually a pilot go through it. So just supervising. I think Morgan would be listening on comms, but would be close by the doors, like, because she wants to be first on the ground to figure out what the fuck is going on and is the only person who looks fancy. So she's going to be the first <laughs> to leave. I don't know how fancy is big boy. We over don't here. have clothes for him yet. We got to get that shit from here. Uh, okay. Here's a question. When you were clearing a Billingberg shit, would you th- toss the wardrobe? No way. He would have kept everything on the ship. There's no way he's getting rid of possible costumes. This is all, all useful. Right. <laughs> then maybe, maybe we have some. Some to make a very Canadian reference, which may do nothing for you, Dell. It's a bit of a tickle trunk was, scenario. Yeah, yeah. talk about <laughs> the tickle trunk as well. Um, that sounds made up. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, everything made up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, his name was Mister Dress Up, and it was incredible. Can you guess what you. his power was? He dressed up, and so does Atticus. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so I think. From what Billingberg would have on board, um, Morgan, what look would you be trying to achieve? And I'll tell you what what you get. Yeah, she would want to lean into what Atticus already has, looking militant, because we want to sell that he was in the military, but then do the fancy version. So I think unknowingly replicating the the fancy uniform that Atticus had to wear back in his his days in the military. The, the glorious regals? The glorious yes, regals. yes, right. yes. All right. I like that a lot. I will say that uh, Billingberg had a few too many uh, frilly cuffs as well. So those are oh, yeah. present uh, kind of like a, like a, a Capcom DLC costume. There's just like a little too okay. much frill on it. But otherwise, yes, very close to the, the, the glorious regals. Um, okay. Great. So um, you uh, sort of come in through the clouds. Uh, you sort of break through the cloud cover. Rain is just pelting the ship, um, you know, like rolling off the uh, the, 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 the screen. Um, and you roll kind of across uh, what looks like um, the edge of the city. So um, this is, again, a very bougie city. So we're not talking like skyscrapers. We're talking like not in my backyard, three-story Ah. single-use houses. Uh, even the office buildings all have um, very much a um, like an English or French court vibe to them in hmm. that they're like, they're very fancy buildings, um, but like wide and deep, but not high. Okay. Um, to give that kind of pastoral vibe. Um, everything currently looks, there are a lot of colors. You can see that the buildings are painted in kind of beautiful, like pinks and purples and like bright yellows and blues, but all of it is muted by the rain and, and the color. So you can tell that there is tremendous beauty if sunlight would hit it, but from where you're looking right now, everything has almost like a, it's like putting a bad filter over a beautiful photograph. It's just, everything feels a little dreary. Um, the town seems, you can see like just a variety of umbrellas uh, as people kind of go to and fro. Uh, the umbrellas all look very functional. They don't, like they're they're fancy, but these are clearly people who are used to rain 
um, so they're not investing in pretty things that will just get ruined. Um, from there, you roll over um, estates and you see several kind of massive, beautiful estates with grounds and forests and all that sort of shit. Um, again, not open to the public, but open to the particular family that lives there. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, the the state of the estates gets a little bit worse and the road gets a little worse and the grounds are a little more unkempt and more so and more so and more so until you basically turn a left down a bramble road um, <laughs> into an overgrown <laughs> field um, and uh, sort of woods that have gradually encroached back towards the road. Oh um, and you can see a um, a particularly gray looking worn down um, estate building. Um, and uh, beyond it, uh, sure enough, there is a an overgrown landing pad. And you can see just kind of as you're coming into the landing pad, there is a um, an automated, it looks like a horse-drawn uh, carriage, but the horse is like, not a, not like a robot horse, but is almost like a, a robotic chassis that's been built into it. So the thing almost mm. looks like a snail in that it's got like an engine, sort of like a horse-shaped engine up front, but with like a big wheel under it leaning yeah. back into the cart. The cart has the other two wheels. So it gives the, the vibe of horse-drawn carriage without actually having to have any meat um, mm. involved. Uh, and it is just tearing along the road. Um, high, you know, there's the water splashing up behind it. Um and as you're kind of flying in for a landing, you can see it just turn like uh, almost misses the driveway and then like kind of skitters past it, um, mm. corrects, and then is trying to navigate around the brambles and other things, but is clearly like driving to the estate as fast as it can. Okay. Uh, Eli's going to like kind of come in and as he's landing, he does kind of a quick 360 so that the end and wa engine wash like clears some of the bramble away from the landing pad. Oh, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So with that flourish, uh, you bring uh, bring the Marnie song down um, and you hear you, like you land and you know, there's that heaviness of, of uh, the vehicle hitting the ground. And then you hear a crunch as the landing pad inverts underneath the weight of the ship. And you can hear like uh, permacrete just cracking and crumbling around it. It's not like the whole thing collapses through. It just depresses into the, uh, the center of this very ill-kept landing pad. How that wasn't that wasn't me. That was the ground beneath us. Grimly rolls his eyes to no one but himself. <laughs> Valentine does not need to respond to that. <laughs> That's why yeah. Valentine just stands there, good. turns and goes to go towards where the door is, where we know the team team impressive entrants are ready yeah. to go. Yep. Great. Um, so with that, the sort of entry, like the, the ramp drops. Um, there's kind of that hiss as uh, the cabin depressurizes and the, um, the sort of landing... I don't know even what you'd even call it, like porthole, I guess. Whatever. The uh, the exit ramp opens up, uh, and you're immediately hit by just the purest, cleanest smelling air that any of you have have ever encountered. Like this is not a common thing in the Imperium. Uh, it is a luxury that can only be afforded by a planet that requires no industry to sustain itself, um, and it's just that smell of like fresh earth and and rain. Um, Tyler, you've got a you've got a sour expression. Is this upsetting to Atticus? I don't know these smells. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this is. I, th I think it stings the nostrils. I think it <laughs> it burns to breathe it in. Um, yeah, you talk about the smell of fresh earth. What what is that? Like, 
<laughs> that is. Fair so enough. It's just, it's, planet smells weird. <laughs> now over his shoulder, Valentine's goes, <laughs> Excellent. So it would smell so organic yeah. compared yeah. to yeah. the yeah. usual yeah. smell. It would be like disturbing. Like the idea of healthy plants smelling like rot would just be like, Ugh, oh, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. probably smells like corpses, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So the ramp um, goes down. It can't quite lower because the uh, ship has sunk into the ground. So it like lowers to a point, but it's kind of still on a bit of an incline. And uh, you step out onto the, the landing pad. The ship covers a bit of this. So it's not like you're standing directly in the rain. Um, but yeah, it is uh, It is very much that like English rain that is just not, you know, so thick that you can't see. It's just very steady and, and kind of uh, ever present. Um, and uh, in the distance, you can see this, this carriage approaching. It kind of like worms its way around uh, the building. Um, and... Uh, it's you can tell it's trying to go very very quickly, but is is failing. Um, Atticus, uh, obviously, you and Morgan are are sort of like the guests of honor at this thing. So I imagine you're you're up front. Um, Valentine, uh, how or I guess maybe this is a Morgan question. Have you dressed Valentine down uh, to fit the servant security slash servant position? Um, I wouldn't dress him down exactly because he still needs to be fancy enough to be with fancy fancy guy mm-hmm. but definitely get rid of anything that makes him look military and try and make him look more like a person which we have to give sunglasses to valentine we can't have him looking like that being a servant guy so yeah valentine would agree with most of what morgan pitches but he would make a few changes because he is not willing to go weaponless he'd fancy it up a little oh, bit so yeah. he would take his uh his breastplate that he normally wears that has the big aquila on it but 
He's actually tooled up to be a member of the Inquisition to be able to disguise shit. So the Aquila is detachable, so it just becomes a silver breastplate. Uh-huh. And then he would take out a number of fabric wraps and other things to create, to make his power sword, which is very functional, look like a ceremonial saber with like a sash around it. And the holster as well, look kind of sashed on as though it's like faux military in the style of the house. But you'd never believe that this unadored, very unadorned, very boring valet. It's just like, okay. There's delusions of the military in this group. Mm-hmm. Rosette stays hidden. Compact last pistol stays hidden. Uh, it's just there for, to to look like he's putting on a show of fake military force that is actually uh, quite real. What is unsettling, I think, for Morgan and everyone else is he's a very good liar and a performer. So it's the same guy in a jacket that's kind of the like buttoned up and put together in that like butlery kind of way. But man, he does go obsequious and kind of forgettable real fast because the same smile that's had authority behind it. It's just the authority disappears. And then he's just that like always smiling barista at a Starbucks. I love this guy. I think he loves me. Definitely loves me. He asks me how my day is and he he means it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm different from other people. So he would just be uh, probably about five feet behind them. Just a distance enough that he clearly would not be a part of a conversation. But if he's asked, he can swoop in just ready as a valet. And uh, how have you dressed up poor Eli? Yeah, we, we if we could find some stuff that would look piloty or have some kind of fancy sash or something like that. But rounded shoulders. Yeah. So gotta gotta make him look a little more normal also. Yeah, Grimley's just like wearing his like underwear, like casual gear, because he had to give most of his like casual piloting gear off to, to Eli. And imagine Eli would not reciprocate, so he's just No. He's just hanging out. <laughs> no. Um oh, if we dress Grimley from the fucking tickle trunk, he just looks like an absolute moron. <laughs> like random. <laughs> Random outfit pieces we didn't use for Atticus. Everything left over, yeah. He's like, it's a living. He's got one of those frilly Shakespeare collars. It's like three feet out. He like can't see the controls while he's wearing it. Um, Just cut out a hole in the front of it. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's falling down like a dicky. (laughs) He both looks like a Shakespearean character and a Dutch schoolboy. Yeah. That's our boy Grimley. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great. So and the only thing that Morgan would change about herself is she would find a fancy hat <laughs> in Millingberg stuff. Okay. She's a fancy rogue trader hat. We gotta, uh, when you say fancy yes, hat, thank you, yeah. thank you. please <laughs> describe this hat. This is a big hat, and it's got <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like a big uh, uh, sash around the top of it, and it's got feathers, and it's got like a little bit of trailing lace coming off the back is of it. Is this like a floppy hat, or is this like a pirate hat? It's like a pirate hat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What color? Cool. It's dark blue with a gold sash and colored <sighs> bird feathers on it. Fancy. Yeah, I'd fight you on this, but I feel like Billingberg would have won that. <laughs> yeah. As a like, as a fancy bald dude, I think he would have gone hard on hats. So I think it's reasonable to imagine that his tickle trunk had this exact hat. Yeah, I think um, it's a it's a hat that was on display on the wall. Like he tried to wear it, mm-hmm. and then it was too ostentatious. So you can't wear it. She's in the doing rain. it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. follow up question, Morgan. Now that we know there is a selection of hats, and Atticus is bald, did you give Atticus a hat? To make him as fancy as you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what does that hat look oh, like? Oh, Atticus has top hat. He has a straight <laughs> up top hat with the military. And it has to match like the colors, the whatever extra colors you put on the hat matches his military like epaulets and all that stuff. And how tall is the hat? 
it's it's makes him look a bit taller for sure. <laughs> so it's not unreasonable. Billingberg was a tall man, so he wouldn't have a tremendously tall hat. But yes, Atticus is now two and a half feet taller. Okay. Really <laughs> this just keeps shrinking every time we mention it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And I don't know if Billingberg would have it, but when we're coming in the land, like, if there's umbrellas, we can't we can't have our fancy lad walking around without someone holding an umbrella for him. Um, there are not. Right, we're gonna have to go buy an umbrella. Uh, yeah. Well, you may not need to because as you stand there, kind of determining, like I think it's literally Morgan, like reaching a hand out from under, and <laughs> looking like considering the hats. Um, the uh, the carriage pulls up, um, with like a like a, a screeching halt. Um, and, uh, the side door opens up kind of like a DeLorean door. So it's like the, the mm. gullwing doors mm-hmm. and, um, a, uh, a man kind of spills out. Um, and he, he looks over at you guys, realizes that there are no umbrellas and like reaches into like runs around the back and just comes out with an armful of umbrellas. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he is, um, just sort of like an Eddie Redmayne looking guy, just like, very kind of um, frazzled. Um, he's got kind of like curly red hair that's immediately getting like soaked. Um, he's wearing fancy gear, but in a clearly like more of a clerk version of it. So, um, you know, he's he's certainly got like the big sleeves and like tails on his coat, but it's a, just like a single color. It's kind of like a, a Robin's egg blue situation that is soaking through immediately. Um, and uh, he just says, Oh dear, I'm so terribly sorry. Uh, if I'd known that you were coming, uh, uh, Lord uh, Van Houten um, and and uh, rogue trader, um, was it was it uh, Captain Varn? That is right. My apologies. I only got the briefing mere minutes ago. I would have been here to greet you. Um, my apologies. My name is uh, Hugh Smiggleton, and um, I am. Uh, I've been assigned uh, to help get you settled um, here back at the Van Houten Estate. Of course, um, I. I I, I've been instructed um, by uh, uh, His Majesty uh, King Fitzgerald to uh, apologize on behalf of the Crown uh, that your your serving staff is no longer here. Of course, given your long absence uh, from the estate, it was uh, well uh, assumed that you had uh, well died. So my apologies. Here are some umbrellas, um, and he just like quickly hands out uh, umbrellas, and he's like. You can tell from his, his bearing, he is like deeply upset that he can't hold an umbrella for all of you because that is technically what he should be doing. But there are too many of you. So it's just like umbrellas all all the way around. Uh, and then he pops one um, specifically for, for you, Atticus. And then he kind of like waits expectantly. The apology from his majesty is accepted, but yours is not. I'll take that. Eli comes, grabs the umbrella from him, puts it above Atticus's head. Uh, and, and this guy bows lower than you thought a man could bow. Um, <laughs> it's just like full on, like kicks one leg out, arms out, like bows almost to his toe. Like it's a very forehead to knee situation. Um, and he just says, uh, I, I understand and we'll, we'll do better, Captain. Good. Are you all that was sent to welcome me? Um, and uh, rising, uh, you can tell he's he's a little sheepish about this, but he says, uh, yes, Lord Van Houten. Um, unfortunately, your family's uh, credit has run rather deeply into the negatives. Um, I am in training uh, to be a, a clerk of the court, and thus I was all that could be, as um, my uh, superiors told me, all that could be spared. Uh, well, if you were briefed, you would know that I am here to repair my family's good name. With respect, sir, all we received was what uh, your driver uh, told us mere minutes ago as you were coming through the atmosphere. Well, I am here to repair my family's good name. 
and you were going to help me, as you were at my disposal, correct? Uh, correct, sir. There's nothing I would appreciate more. Go and prepare my quarters. I'm going to wait on the ship. Uh, very good, sir. Um, and he, he looks to how fancily, but also kind of messily you're all dressed. And he says, you're, um, in, in what fashion would you like me to dress the room? You will dress the room to a degree that you deem appropriate, and you will be measured and weighed on your choices. Ah, very good, sir. A trap. I like it. And he nods, um, <laughs> and uh, with a little skip and a step, he runs away. Um, Valentine, you can you can spot ambition from a mile away. This kid knows this is his shot. Um, Fabulous. Uh, so he, <laughs> he takes off into the house, and... Um, for the house, you can kind of imagine, like, I'm thinking very much, uh, this is a weird poll, but the, like, um, almost like the Amityville horror style house where it's just, like, it's got, like, a big spooky kind of tower and then it's built out. But it is, like, gray. There's, like, cracks in the roof. Like, it really has, in a, in a on a planet that rains all the time, aside from, like, the forced seasons, like, without upkeep, it is not great. Um, but uh, he runs inside and immediately, like, starts lighting lamps because there is no electricity to your building given that you haven't paid in quite some time <laughs> um, and uh, starts to, to get things get things ready. Nice. Valentine would have, before arrival here, uh, liquidated and mobilized uh, some highly valuable financial assets of our dear friend Barthus Billingberg <laughs> so that when they showed up, they could make a pretty good fucking splash on this planet uh, to the point where they wouldn't have to, if, if you're cool with this, Tom, I of imagine course. this makes sense, that it's like, Oh, I took over the evil geniuses' businesses. I gave some of them to that crazy witch hunter to go burn mm -hmm. down. But, like, I definitely took all the cash from the accounts and have a real solid way for us to be able to make kind of a big move. Um, and he would look to everybody else and just be like, well, it seems we have an ambitious youngster who's arrived. I could approach him as another valet and see if I could gain any financial information about the house, pay off the debts, begin to make things interesting. Roy. How do we get ourselves into the good graces of the folks in the Cloud Palace? That is an excellent question. Now, I'm willing to take opinions from anyone. He looks around the room and sees probably Eli, who looks very confused, and Atticus, who's completely shocked. And Morgan, I don't know what expression you're making. That's a you question. <laughs> it's like cat face. <laughs> Just staring at me with cold, dead eyes. He's like, yeah. this, is, this is all normal to Valentine. And he's like... So we kind of have two options. One, we could try to compete and work our way up through large capital expenditure, which is a possibility. Or we could try to remain an oddity at the edge and offer something that one might say is a little more risky and a little more interesting. Why fix up the whole grounds when instead we could turn this place into a bit of a grotto and a piece of something the wealthy might want to come down and walk through because we're going to allow them a walk on the wilder side? That's been uh, my thinking as well, sir. I figure... I can't fully become this Francois Van Outen. <coughs> Might as well leverage some of my inherent strengths. I'm dangerous. I'm assuming these lot fancy a bit of danger in their lives. The idle rich are known to want to cater to death for some reason, so excellent. That makes sense. Morgan, do you have any opinions on how I should move forward? Yes, I think leaning into the oddity and intrigue will make a good splash and perhaps draw notice where running up the ranks is what everyone else is trying to do. Excellent. So we'll bring them to us instead of us going to them. Eli, do you have anything to add? I, I am in deference to your 
opinions. He's gotten stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm okay with it. Uh, and Valentine would just want to go into the house and talk with this valet who's like getting the place ready because he needs to see the accounts to be able to kind of like ledger some things in to get it done. Sure. So you enter uh, the mansion and it is like uh, in my head, it's just literally like the opening room from Resident Evil, which is like staircases and like there's a giant <laughs> portrait of Van Houten the 12th who looks like Van Houten the 16th, but like he had money um, <laughs> that he's kind of water warped a little bit. There's like clearly like cracks in the ceiling and, and other things. Um, uh, Hugh has lit some lamps um, just enough to cast little light, but he's very much like you can tell he's like lighting lamps as he runs by. And it's just enough for like a servant to do his work, not for like the Lord of the house to enter in any real way. Um, you can hear him upstairs. There is clearly at the top of this kind of central um, tower, um, a uh, sort of a bedroom for uh, uh, the the head of the household. Um, and as you come in, you see him just like having the, the challenge of like having to wear fancy clothes while doing like an incredibly uh, like heavy work job of like, he's literally like up there with a, like a, mo- a broom, just trying to like stuff essentially newspaper into a hole in the ceiling that's leaking water. Um, he's lit a couple lamps in here. The bedroom is musty. The bed is like kind of gross. Um, and he's just like fucking stupid rain. Um, <laughs> as he, he jams it with, uh, with the broom, uh, upon hearing footsteps behind him though, um, he, uh, he immediately turns ready to bow, um, and then sees that it's, it's you. Um, and he, he just says, Oh, um, uh, he- hello, sir. Um, can, can I, d- does, does Lord Van Houten need something? It's a pleasure to meet you, Master Smiggleton. I am Rebute Figarello, the via, the valet to Lord Van Houten. I'm here to assist you with your tasks, get access to our accounts so we could pay off those debts and allow this house to move forward more quickly. Oh, well, that is uh, that is a tremendous relief, sir. I must tell you, uh, the people were not um, thrilled uh, to hear that the Van Houten family was returning based on how much money they owe everyone. So if you're able to make... Uh, did. Did his lordship um, make a lot of money in the military then? Oh, through his service, through conquest, through his partnership with rogue traders. The lord is greatly capable of violence, victory, financial stability and success, along with, shall we say, the ability to create some salacious events along the way. Uh, He goes, like, beat red and says, salacious? (laughs) Here? In the society? The master does what he must. He does what he must to remain a lord, to raise his status, and to allow those around him to, shall we say, enjoy themselves in whatever manner they please. And he, he just, like, nods himself and is like, the master does what he must. Good, good. Well, this is this is excellent, excellent. Um, I'm, I must say it is a, a relief to have um, some new people around here. The society is rather a lot. Um, yes, yes. We've been away for some time. Can you can you fill me in on the new changes in the society? I want to be able to pass them along to the Lord and Master to make sure that he blends in and serves the king as well as is possible. Uh, can you roll me a... Let's go with... Deception. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you lying? I mean, I guess you're... <laughs> Every part of this is a lie. He's a Lord. I'm a valet. Yeah, I'm here to find out because we love the king so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Look, I'm just, you know, the line between Tom and Hugh Smiggleton is blurry. <laughs> I may not be able to come out of this. I, I will also say for everybody else in the party, Valentine would have had his micro bead on an active. So you're all hearing this that you can't be in this conversation. Okay. We're getting into a little more spy craft now that we're yeah. on the spy side of things. So, Tom, what's my difficulty on this? Um, all right. So I'm going to give you a difficulty of three. Um, I will give you a boost for the way you're approaching it. Uh, it's a difficulty of three because despite the fact that you're doing all this, like, it's still information that he's giving away to someone who mm-hmm. isn't the Lord and also, like, He's he's not sure where anything sits. So it's yeah, not that, that he distrusts sense. you. It's just that it, it's it's a uh, you're, you're asking for faith that he is is perhaps ill prepared to give. Um, beyond that, um, are there any Valentine skills you would want to argue for here? Uh, Valentine, probably not at this point because it doesn't really require that of him. Uh, no, because like his stuff is more like he's good at bullying people into leaving. He's good at kind of like distracting people with conversation or reconstructing a scene. So like if he can't get the information out of this guy, he's going to go through the house, get access to the ledgers and try to rebuild what clearly the family gotcha. has fault. But if he can get this from this guy, fuck, that's way yep. better. Uh, okay. um, for the outfit, is that worth anything? Uh, no, I guess he, this counts he accepts. Yeah, he accepts your authority uh, based on stuff. So, yeah, OK, uh, let's go with that. I'm not going to spend a story point uh, on this because it's not. Yeah, me neither. This is just a conversation that happens or it doesn't. Yep. Three success and three advantage. Man, Hugh Smiggleton, big fan of Rabute Figuerello. Um, so um, <laughs> he he just kind of like uh, uh, sighs and like pulls pulls a broom down, and like leans on it, and like the newspaper immediately begins to soak through. Uh, and he just shakes his head and says, um, yes, uh, uh, of, uh, of course. Um, I, I appreciate coming into the society from being away for so long would be in- incredibly difficult. Not that I know anything about the outside world particularly, but um, I know things here are, are very, very specific. Um, if it would be helpful, um, I can bring you uh, the uh, the latest uh, uh, Lizzo Lizardman papers. Um, uh, Lizzo is a local gossip. No one knows their true identity. Uh, but the Lizardman papers are uh, quite notorious. If you're looking for salacious details, um, the uh, well, <laughs> Lizardman is the is the the letter you want, the Lizardman letter. Um, so I can bring you some of those if you want to get a general sense of what, what's been going on. Um, in terms of the the other families, I imagine um, if I understand from my my the small briefing I had, uh, Lord Van Houten, uh, he would have been fairly young when he left Greybridge. Is that correct? That's correct. He doesn't remember a great deal about this place, though he holds it in very high esteem. Oh, I understand. I understand. Um, admittedly, uh, uh, younger folks don't pay as much attention to the the, the society uh, for, for good reasons. I will um, endeavor to put together some reports on uh, the various families that you'll need to know about. Um, more specifically, if am I to understand that uh, Lord Van Houten has returned seeking uh, the Duke Wickstrop's hand? You are correct. Uh, then you will need to know about the other eligible heirs that are also seeking uh, yes. his hand this season. There are, of course, a number of houses that stand absolutely no chance. But this Lizardman has been putting down some pretty good bets, and uh, they are rarely wrong. So I will put together that report for you. In terms of the ledger, um, I'm more than happy to... I mean, depending on the water damage, get the terminal going, um, which will give you limited access to 
uh, being able to start settling the accounts. I can also send uh, some representatives from the banking guild over uh, if that would be of, of benefit to you. Yes, yes, all of the above. I'll deal with those concerns directly. There's no need to involve the master in depressing financial matters. Oh, of course matters. not. Instead, we'll solve these problems immediately. Uh, what are you making working for the nation state currently? Oh, um, well, um, he, he kind of straightens up and then says, I'm uh, simply an apprentice clerk, uh, but um, my uh, rations are rather good. Uh, I am hmm. in the, uh, the uh, third percentile. Uh, so things aren't, uh, you know, I'm not rolling in rations, but uh, I certainly get uh, my fair share. And I've been promised a mid-sized room when I graduate into full clerkdom, which is better than some can say. So all... I'm on, I'm on my way. Excellent. I'd like to offer you a cottage on the property, a quadrupling of your ration, and we'd like to hire you to help us liaise with the rest of the planet. Um, and, like, he just goes white as a sheet. Um, <laughs> and he says, but but I am... Uh, perhaps you misunderstood. I am an apprentice clerk. I'm not a full-fledged clerk yet. Surely you want a clerk for that. That's what clerks are for. You seem like a tremendously capable individual. And most importantly, you've not been corrupted by politics. Instead, you would remain loyal to this house, which is why I'm willing to advance you a full six months rations tomorrow. He just throws up. He just like, <laughs> just full body heave, collapses uh, and says, I'll, I'll clean this up. Um, oh, um, of course, I, 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 would, I would be... Uh, uh, a fool to say no. I, I must ask: do, Does does Lord Van Houten intend to stay? For if I do leave my post um, and step out of uh, of, of the the uh, my my apprenticeship, then I, I will be hard pressed to find work. Uh, if you will have a bright future with this house on an ongoing basis. Well, um, I would I would be honored. I'd be honored. Um, first, let me clean up my disgrace, and um, then. Um, I, I, let me get everything going for you. We, we can speak about details later, but it is of utmost importance that we help you get your ledger sorted. Excellent. Excellent. I look forward to working with you all in the name of House Van Houten. Uh, yes, for House Van Houten. Um, our house. Oh, oh my, I have a house. Exactly. Um, we'll have to get you a patch for that outfit. Um, and he just like immediately his eyes dart to like the empty spot on his sleeve. Um, and uh, he he just nods and says, um, yes, uh, very good. But uh, first, first the ledgers so that uh, the Van Houten name can be cleared. Um, and he uh, runs away with a little skip and a step. And then he comes back like a minute later to clean up the vomit. And once he's done doing that, he takes off with a spring in his step yet again. Perfect. Valentine goes back to the ship to, to chat with everybody else. All right, we have our local contact. We can make things work and move forwards rather more quickly. And most importantly, we now have someone who can speak to the guilds who knows what the chug is going on. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, at the end of this, if it all goes to, you know, shite, and it very well might, we will bring him with us. He can become an asset of the Inquisition. I'm not leaving him behind. Right, so he's not as expendable as others, then, eh? Hey? Correct. We need to try to get through this as legitimately as possible. Our goal is not to create any bodies. Uh, if it becomes necessary, we'll move forward with the utmost ruthlessness. But until now, it's a political situation. It requires political solutions. It's going to take him a while to get the terminals uh, up and running and get the house the least bit functional. Right now, it smells like vomit and there's a hole in the ceiling. But we do have this lovely ship to stay aboard until the time is necessary. Remember, his security clearance is zero. We are who we think we are. We keep him away from the rest of the crew. Right. So, uh, 
What are we going to do once this place is fixed up? Throw a party? I believe that is expected of us. We'll also need to learn about the other houses, discredit the other suitors, identify this Lizzo Lizardman, and then bring him over to our side. Or replace him. That one I could flip a coin on. (laughs) Uh, And make a duke fall in love with you. You're a lovable fellow, aren't you, Atticus? Oh, I'm all kinds of sunshine. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and The Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at DelBorovic.com. D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chief Spy Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, and most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L., Dia De Los Hoodless, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris, can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>